Hello. Hello! Welcome to Sit for a Spell, a podcast where we discuss the lore, the traditions, and modern practices of the occult. Learn alongside us as we explore the many ways the witches of today observe their craft. So grab your book of shadows, light your candles. It's time, time to, to sit, sit for a spell. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi from Max. Jesus. She's <laughs> <Just> fine. <laughs> Uh, welcome back. Welcome back. Episode 11. Today we are... Oh, I'm James. I'm Jess. I we forget to do that. I almost I said Jess. done it one time. <laughs> Don't. I almost said my name was Jess. <sighs> James is trying to steal my identity. Just give it to me. No. Okay. Um, what? I'm James. I'm Jess. Yeah. We did Hello. that already. <laughs> welcome back. We did that too. Uh, today we're going to be talking about... Uh, the different types of witches. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we talk a lot about our practices and how sort of uh, they don't really fit into one particular thing. Yeah. But there are people who will follow one set of uh, path. Yes. Yeah. And just like uh, not having a set path is for me, having a set path is for other people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So sometimes people need that you know structure structure so Mm -hmm. we're just gonna go back and forth yeah uh we each picked four because there are literally hundreds of types of witches so we picked four each and we're just gonna talk about them these are the most i guess you could say kind of common or at least the ones that people mix um into their practice the most uh they'll be the most familiar i think so um because when we were like, yeah, let's do this episode. Um, and then I started to look into it. I was like, oh, man. Like, it's like this whole rabbit hole of. It's like huh. never ending. No. And then that there's just, like there's the types and then there's like subtypes. And then yes. there's like, I don't know. You can put like your own Branches spin on it. And, and yeah, it's back to like origins and yeah like the we're not going to talk about them but the gardenian and the alexandrian and yeah it's just it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot and so we're busy I, ladies we don't yeah. have time for that and this is kind of like um kind of like tarot and crystals like going back to the basics like 101 yeah so which some people can argue then you should talk about the gardenian and the alexandrian but um they can get their own podcast maybe one day yeah <laughs> Whatever. Um, so, so go ahead and start, Jess. Okay. Well, just something kind of like a caveat, I guess, at the beginning is that there is no right or wrong path. Whatever path you choose, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to mix and match or stay on the straight path, it's totally fine. Totally up to you, your personal preferences, what you feel, what makes you comfortable. Um, and there's just, uh, there's no right or wrong way. No, you, if being in a set structure works for you and you only want to work within a certain group, then uh, more power to you. If you don't want to, if you just want to, you know, take a little bit from here, a little bit from there and that works for you and it makes you feel good and it, you're seeing results, then, you know, go for it. It's just, it's so personal. This journey, this, these, uh, these practices are so personal that nobody really has any say on what you practice. Exactly. Which is a great way to start. Um, with solitary. Oh yeah. So, um, 
I mean, you can kind of go one of two ways. You can find a coven, whether that be a coven of two people or a coven of 20 people, uh, whatever you feel more comfortable with, whatever you want to search out and find. Um, and those covens are going to be a mix and match or they're going to be one path, just like anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in today's kind of like modern society, there's like a lot of solitary practice happening. Mm-hmm. Um so I think especially, well, I think now it's becoming a little more acceptable and people are yeah. reaching out and mm-hmm. finding other people. Yes. They're not necessarily practicing together. But learning. But they're learning from mm-hmm. each other. Getting ideas, trading. Um, yeah. Yeah. Trading materials, trading yeah. ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. A solitary um, is a person who practices on their own without a group or a partner. Um, so many are going to um, maybe just participate during uh, the Sabbaths with a coven. They can kind of like go back and forth. Okay. Um, if they wanted to, the solstices. Um uh, in the research that I did, it seems that solitary witches more come from kind of like the eclectic practice, which okay. makes sense because it's a little mix and match of yeah. everything. Um, and we'll get into that one in a little bit. So reasons of staying solitary, unfortunately, are, include kind of like fear Mm-hmm. Um, just feeling um, unwelcome, not knowing what's out there, that kind of like still being in the broom closet kind mm-hmm. of like mentality. You still want to practice, you still want to learn, but you're not ready to, or you might not even want to share your practice right. with someone yeah. else, which is totally fine. Um, for a lot of people, it's just a personal preference. Um, mm-hmm. You just feel more comfortable practicing on your own. Um you might be in a location where you can't practice with other people. Yeah. Uh, you might not have anybody in your close vicinity to travel to. It might be a factor of independence. Um, and again, just wanting to do things on your own. Uh, some benefits of being a solitary is you're kind of having responsibility over your like own spiritual magical mm-hmm. growth, your own knowledge. Yeah what you specifically want to pull into your practice and what you don't want to pull into your practice. Cause a right. lot of time um, a coven or even a partnership will have a lot of influence over what you do and how you do it. Mm-hmm. And so you might just have um, very specific preferences about how you want to learn and what you want to do. Yeah. I, uh, I feel reading about all of these I'm a mix of a few, but definitely I have a lot of that solitary mm-hmm. in there. Me too. And even though it was never, uh, I was never judged or it was never frowned upon like in my immediate family or anything, but we never like all sat around and like, you know, did yeah, work together. Mm-hmm. So I think a little bit more, especially now that we have friends that are interested and you and I are sharing more, we are, I am becoming a little more open to that kind of uh, working with other people. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just conversational sharing. Or like with my sister or like Mm -hmm. with my mom. Yeah. That, that, that door is opening, but I feel I do. And I have no problem sharing information yeah if anybody has questions i'm like i'll tell you what i know or i'll help you figure it out or whatever but i think because it is so personal i have kept it like solitary yeah which i didn't realize until like just this moment 
<laughs> I was like, hey, that's me. When I was writing this down, like every time I wrote down like a little bullet point or something, I was like, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, I identify with this. Yeah. Um, except for when I was, uh, except for my first ever spell, which was I had to do with other people. <laughs> that's okay, though. Yeah. But I was, it was new and. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Um, there's just there's no expectations to anyone else except yourself so I know like people don't like to say this but maybe you feel kind of like dumb sitting there with like your candles and your herbs and you're like it's very vulnerable it is very vulnerable and it's like maybe you're just not comfortable yet to share that and maybe you're just like what am i even doing yes. like sitting here with all these crystals in my hand yeah um and you're not like it ready can feel a little bit silly yeah and i think once um that like vulnerability kind of gets to a point of like more um confidence mm-hmm. than moving past the solitary stage or just realizing you want to stay there mm-hmm. um Cause I know that was me for sure at the beginning, um, like a while ago. Right. And now I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. Or it's like, Oh, so I, I did it wrong. Like whatever, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. who cares? It's, it's not, it's not the end of the world. Most, yeah. You know, most I mean, of the time. even some stuff I won't do with Michael in the room. Right. I'll like leave the room. Cause I'm like, one sometimes I'm like uh, you know like I don't need him to see this and other times it just needs to be something done alone right um, but well, it's, it's a just, personal thing it's a personal preference yeah. and, everyone has uh, those things they that they do yeah. when they're alone and even if you are in a coven or you're exploring covens or um, you want to join a partnership or a group um, a lot of your practice is still done on your own yeah um, it's all like daily stuff that yeah. you have to kind of keep up on your own yeah. or like it's all stuff within yourself that you have to mm-hmm. keep up on your own exactly it's a lot of um it's kind of it's just with any faith it's just a it's a self-care it's a mm-hmm. um it's practicing yeah yeah all right so what do you have for us what's your first one over okay, there okay so my first one is a hedge witch mm. and um this is one i hadn't ever heard of before but very interesting it is kind of a mix all of these are kind of a mix of other things but um the hedge witch also usually practices alone she lives alone but she lives her life magically from day to day Mm -hmm. so um the the term hedge witch comes from uh witches of the past um in in days gone by, this is a, you know, this is a copy paste. Witches, often women, lived alone along the fringes of a village behind hedges that divided the town from the wild unknown beyond. Oh. So that's where they kind of come from. So this is mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, you in those movies where it's like, oh, the, the witch lives there, you know, yeah. on the edges of town. And, yeah. But, but, you know, once the once the main character gets hit with a poison arrow, they take her to the, to the witch, you know, like it's like that. So, um, they're often healers and they spend a lot of their time gathering herbs and plants in the woods. So they spend a lot of time outside. Um, most importantly, the hedge witch learned her practices from older family members and mentors. So it was kind of passed down. Yeah. Um, through the years, through trial and error, through practice, but she got her skills most of the time from an elder. The modern equivalent of a hedge witch would be um, 
the kitchen witch. Yeah. So um, I know Jess is going to tell us more about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll let her mostly go into that. But I thought that was interesting because yeah. I didn't know there was a name for that. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. the, the lady who lives on the edge of town. Yeah. And it's a lot of folklore. It's yes. a lot of kind of like the witch in the stories like the fairy tale witch yes yeah like she lives in the in the forest but mm-hmm. in this case i mean i guess like all people it depends on the person if they're good or not true you know because sometimes the witch was evil sometimes she was good and mm-hmm. people are neither 100 percent good or bad so it just depends on the person and yeah. um it was just interesting to kind of see where that came from yeah that is very interesting yeah well with that i will uh, Start with the kitchen. Yeah, do it. Um, so kitchen witch, also known as hearth or cottage, um, it did definitely kind of evolve from the hedge witch. Uh, very outdoors, very garden, very nature centered. Um, with this practice, your home and your surroundings is a sacred place. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have protective materials throughout your home and your kitchen is going to be the center of your home. Um, You're going to incorporate ritual into your cooking, into your food. Maybe you're going to use moon water in your cooking. Maybe you're going to um, set intentions on your grains or give gratitude Mm -hmm. before baking your breads or whatever Mm -hmm. you're going to do. Um, I know a kitchen witch. mm. I have a chef friend and she's very witchy and she does a lot of this stuff. Well, I mean, when you cook, your emotions go into your food. Yeah. What yeah. was that movie? Oh, yeah. Was it Sarah, Sarah Michelle Gellar? <laughs> she's like a chef and she makes them yeah, all cry with yeah. those desserts because yes, she's yes, sad. Yes. I don't oh. I have no idea what it's called, but. I love that movie. Anyway, she's going to Google it while I'll continue. Um, so a lot of the times uh, these people will have their own gardens. They might have a garden in their backyard, in their front yard. Uh, if you live in an apartment, it might just be like a windowsill box or some pots in your kitchen where you keep your herbs. Um you might have just like a huge collection of spices mm-hmm. and cooking materials. You're really going to kind of like be, you're going to be a chef essentially. You're going to yeah. love to cook. You're going to want to cook for your family. Some kitchen witches might be very solitary and they might just be doing this cooking for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, a lot of the times they won't ascribe to any specific practice. They mm-hmm. uh, It'll be more of kind of like a mishmash. Um, it'll really be about um, coming from nature, yeah. um, honoring nature. It's a very spiritual in practice. And it calls back to the time where we had that like hearth and home where the fireplace was literally the center of the home right. and brought life into the home because the hearth would bring um, heat because mm-hmm. houses were not insulated. They were often one, maybe two rooms with like a lofty thing above. Right. You cooked there. You got warm there. You dried your clothes. You did everything with right. this fire. And so it really kind of like stems from that. Um, again, and it's all about intention and thinking about the intentions when you're um, cooking, when you're baking, when you're setting your fires. A lot of the times um, these kind of witches will want a real fireplace somewhere in their house if that is at all possible. Mm-hmm. If not, again, it goes into like the metaphors of the fire in the oven, um, the stove top, even candles, things like that. Yeah. 
and it's really just super positive um and just about family and home and hearth and that's really nice yeah keeping what's yours protected i like that a lot i don't get to cook that often um but that would be really cool to be able to it is cool and i have like i have aspirations to like go down this path <laughs> and to like kind of create yeah, I that see like you being a kitchen witch for sure but it's like <sighs> we're busy ladies the time we're busy yeah <laughs> and i know it's like if you want to do something you're supposed to like carve out the time to yes. do it but i mean geez there's so much i need to do we yeah. barely have time to fold my laundry. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> okay. What do you got? Okay. So, um, these are all like going together because mm-hmm. now we are moving on to green witch. So, um, a green witch practices, um, they focus their practice on nature. So, they use natural materials. Um, they're often very good at growing things, you know, having a green thumb, mm-hmm. which I am not nope, a I green witch everything. whatsoever. Um, they, uh, they could either grow things or they could use the things they find in nature in crafting. So, um, they, they're very attuned to nature and the, um, including the stars and astrology. Yeah. So a lot of green witches not only practice on the planet, but other planets as well. So um, they focus on other planets as well. Yeah. Um, a lot of times green witches are uh, environmentalists. Mm-hmm. They live a lifestyle a dedicated to environmentally conscious living. Yeah. Um, you know, using reusable bottles, uh, saving water. Maybe they, um, you know, they use a lot of, eco-friendly things because they are attuned to the earth and growing and saving the planet. Um, Let's see here. So a green witch often will follow an earth-based spirituality. So like Mm -hmm. Gaia, um, paganism, things that really have to do with nature. So a lot of them, but a lot of them don't ascribe to religion at all. So this is kind of their faith. They use this practice as part of their faith, as a lot of us do. Um, they also, I mean, they use herbs and cooking medicine. Mm -hmm. They grow herbs Mm -hmm. again with the green thumb. I don't know how people do that. Like I am so, I, I killed like a succulent. I (laughs) try every year. I try every spring and I fail miserably. Yeah. Same. Um, a lot of green witches spend a lot of time outside in nature. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. especially if you live someplace that's not very uh, rural or wild, yeah, you can go for hikes. You can just spend time in your backyard, in your front yard. You yeah. can go to the beach, you know, things like that. You learn about your local greenery. Um, so the, the so I saw something in my research called the Green Manned... And the Cite. God, I don't even know if I'm... Sounds right. If I'm saying that right. <laughs> so the Green Manned... God, I hope I'm saying that right. He's the protector of the forest. So yeah. these are these are things that you could um, give offerings to, mm-hmm. things you could uh, worship or yeah. work with or things like He's that. He's that um, deity that you usually see carved out of wood, right? With like a floor, like a laurel-y kind of like... 
sure. crown yeah. and it's Could be. very big in like Druid and Celtic tradition. Okay, there you go. Um, yeah, you, you, he's a protector of the forest. You would give natural offerings mm-hmm. to him, like mm-hmm. especially if you're trying to grow things in your backyard, you have a, um, or in your front yard, you have a, um, what the hell is that called? Garden. Garden. <laughs> <laughs> you guys couldn't see my hand, but just got it. It's either garden or lawn. A garden or a lawn. Um, and then the seed hay, seed hay, seed he, I mean, I don't, I don't know, know, are fairies. Oh, okay. So yeah. you would leave libations for mm-hmm. these guys. Milk, maybe? This, yeah, you would leave milk, butter, bread. <clears throat> and with fairies, they are very, they play very hard to get. They're very finicky. They do not want you to show them thanks. You don't want to like sit and worship these guys. Yeah. Just leave them what you're going to leave them and then leave them alone. Yeah. Leave your offerings in your garden. They can help your garden grow. They can help clean your house Mm. or protect your home or your garden. So uh, I just thought it was really funny that they were like, don't show profuse thanks. Like, don't give thanks. Just give offerings and then like, let us do our thing. Like, (laughs) I'm like, I respect that. I like that. That's That's pretty cool. So yeah, the green witch is just very into nature so i mean i think we all know those people who like love to be outside and hiking and growing things and gardening and Mm -hmm. more power to you because i cannot do any of that i mean i can hike anybody i mean most people can hike but but i don't want want to to. yeah that's (laughs) the thing i love nature so much i love to go different places but what I'm realizing in my age of 32 is that I don't <laughs> like to touch it. Mm. I like to look at it. I yeah. like to appreciate it. You're like stay that over there. If stay that I way. can going to the beach on like a cold, chillyish day oh, and just like sitting that. on a blanket with my shoes on. Yeah, I love that. I love it. Yeah. I can sit there all day. Love it. I used to work pretty close to the beach and... I used to go, it was like a receptionist job and I worked from like two, from like nine to two. It was like part time. Mm-hmm. So I would go to the beach like almost every day after Ooh. my job and just even in the winter, just like sit with my hoodie on and, yeah. you know, just like watch the waves. Yeah. But I don't want to interact that. with it. I don't want to go yeah. in it. I don't want to make you a sandcastle. I just want to look at it. I just want to look at it. Forest though. Love a good forest. Yeah. I do not aspire to the don't go in the forest. Just no. don't go in the forest alone. I think that's just... Stay yeah. on the trail. Stay on the trail. <laughs> yeah. Um, Just be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. But I love going in the forest. I love... Also, don't murder uh, people. In the forest. Then yeah. people will go in the forest. Yeah. Or at all. But, you know. <laughs> um, so I like... I appreciate nature. I love nature. I like to look at nature. I'm very picky about my nature. Um, <laughs> but I just... Uh, yeah. Anyways. Again, we are very busy ladies, so we don't always have time to sit and watch the grass grow as much as we enjoy it. I know. What else you got? Um, So this kind of uh, branch or practice is um, traditional. Uh, Some people call it folk. Um, So this is kind of like guided by your own sense of right or wrong. So Mm -hmm. whatever that's going to be. That can be a little tricky. It can be tricky. Um, So these are people who kind of uh, do not fall in line with with what is called the gardenerism. Gardenerism. It's like a... uh, I wrote it down. So... (laughs) 
<laughs> Hold on. Read it. Let me start that over. So these are people who do not fall in line with gardenerism. Um, gardenerism is kind of a um, bigger practice. It was developed by Gerald Gardner. Uh, he was an English Wicca known mm. for bringing modern pagan religion um, of Wicca to public attention. Oh. He wrote a couple books. Um, and so people really follow his practice because yeah. a lot of the time we don't know what we're doing. And so if someone's going to write books about it, yeah. people are going to follow. For what sure. Is, I mean, the Bible. Come on. So... <laughs> Um, Can we go one episode without Jess getting mad at the Bible? No, and no. (laughs) It's fine. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it's a good book. But yeah, there's some. Anyways. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Let's keep going. Um, Gardenerism. Um, So it's people who don't necessarily follow these bigger pagan or wicked movements and they kind of go um, along with traditional pagan or wicked practice okay but they might not do it in a way that was uh, that everyone does they follow their own drum kind of say Um, let's see so there are some different practices that go along with traditional and I'm apologizing now um, for butchering these names. So there's kind of um, three kind of like major practices within the traditional kind of like path. Mm -hmm. And so one is, I think it's furry or fairy. It's F E R I. And this is more of kind of like a sensual practice. Um, Really looking inside, uh, really like kind of like using all of the senses. Then there's kind of um, a Cochrane practice, and this is more deity worship. Okay. Um, So you might uh, specifically worship to that nature god. You might Mm. specifically worship uh, kitchen deity. Yeah, you're you're putting your faith into um, something or someone. Something else. Yes. And then there's the sabbatic, um, which is really where I fall. uh, And that's really working with um, the nature and the wheel of the year. So you're working with um, Yule and uh, Mabon and Samhain and all those things. Uh, like following um, the major solstices, equinoxes, and festivals okay. of the year. I think I'm in that first category. Oh, yeah. yeah. So the, the, it's really interesting um, that you can kind of like branch off in those ways. And it just like yeah. kind of goes to show that even though the word is traditional, there's like so many different <laughs> traditional branches that you can go down. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it can be kind of like folk and real deep tradition. Yes. Um, whether this is like deep traditions found in Africa, deep traditions found in um, the American South, just yes. like deep it goes, Appalachian, y- yeah. like deep tradition. So mm-hmm. again, this might be some of those um, going back into hereditary, which we'll learn about in a little bit, mm-hmm. um, or kind of like practices that are passed on yeah, um, yeah, yeah, is really more traditional. You're not following the, um, you might not be following down the written mm-hmm. rules of practice. You're more kind of going off on your own. And what you were taught. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Very, very interesting. interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Um, 
Okay. First of all, can I just say I got a lot of this from Wikipedia. Um, I'm sorry, Wikipedia. Mm. Uh, Otherworldly.com, eclecticwitchcraft.com, and patheos.com. I got a ton of stuff from there. So I just... Um, Oh, also learnreligions.com. Hmm, I got mine. <laughs> just before we forget, because we always do. Oh, yeah. So the middle is a good place as any. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also got mine from uh, Wikipedia, the Arcane Alchemy um, website, and Lessons from the Hearth website. Okay. Okay. So now we're going to move on to the Eclectic Witch. So I think I also really fall into this category as well. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the thing that we, per- like you and I, uh, we, you know, we say this over and over and over again. Yeah. So the eclectic witch, um, she or they pull from various traditions um, in their spell work and their rituals. They rely on a variety of different cultures, beliefs, and systems to formulate their own personal practice, which may change and evolve over time. So mm-hmm. you just find what works for you from wherever you find it. Yeah. And you use it as you see fit. Nice. There are no rules in an eclectic eclectic witchcraft practice. Um, it's also sometimes called intuitive witchcraft, which I like. Yeah, I think I that's like really that. cool. Um, there's no requirements to worship any gods, to work with any spirits, to cast any circles. Mm-hmm. You, the only guidelines are to follow your intuition. Yeah. So whatever you think works, we are you know you're doing something. You're like this doesn't feel right. Throw it out. Um, this, it's mostly about following your gut, you know, the energy, energies of tarot cards, runes, crystals, planets, candles, whatever. It's the most important part is that you are your own guide. So there's not really a ton to go into because it's very, very personal. It's a mismatch. It's yeah, it's eclectic. It's a little, yeah, it's a mishmash. It's all just, you find what works from all of your readings or from people or mm-hmm. from movies or TV or books or whatever. And you just personalize it to yourself. I yeah. feel like I, re- like you and I really fall into this yes, category mm-hmm. a lot. So this is the thing I think we preach the most is kind of go with your gut. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like you have to be perfect and following all the, you know, rules or the guidelines just work do what works for you basically yes, absolutely i think we we say that a lot so there's not really a lot to go into with the eclectic wish again because there are no rules so yeah, <laughs> yeah. you just, can't really talk about it too much no. picking and choosing what works for you yes um and that is absolutely okay yeah so mm-hmm. i like that one a lot not yeah. that it's better than any other ones but it just works the best for me yeah yeah absolutely so that's mm-hmm. eclectic mm-hmm. witch sweet um the next one is the cosmic or celestial um kind of like practice and this one's really fun um it's kind of uh so your nature your hearth uh your hedge which Mm -hmm. might be more kind of like grounded 
to the earth, to nature, um, with kind of like some of these practices mixed in. And then if you are on like the straight celestial path, you're really going to be heavy handed in um, constellations, mm-hmm. astrology, planet movements, mm-hmm. uh, moon cycles, sun cycles, the solstices, yeah. eclipses, all those wonderful things. This is something I really tried to do. Um, like in high school, yeah, I was like, I'm gonna be into astrology and I'm gonna chart the map, the you know, map the stars and blah blah mm-hmm. blah. It was just, it was a lot. It's hard. Like if um, you're if you are practicing this, then like kudos because it's a lot of work. It is a lot. When I was in college, I took a um, astrology, not astrology, astronomy, astronomy. <laughs> I took an astronomy. <laughs> I was like, class. dang, you're. <laughs> Uh, it's very open-minded college, um, (laughs) astronomy. And one of our main projects was for an entire month. We had to follow the cycle of the moon and kind of like chart it. Wow. Which was super cool. But then you forget a lot. Yeah. (laughs) And so that's a lot. Websites I'll do it for you. Um, but it was really cool just to kind of like, cause I, I just I had a telescope at the time. I'm a nerd. We know this, so I had a telescope I at the like time. A lot of people had telescopes. It was a like big at a thing. certain po- yeah. like time. Um, and so I would li- take my telescope out in my front yard <laughs> and like look for the moon and be like, "Cool, oh, with your little bushy red hair." Yep. And your- yep. Cute. It was adorable. Oh, you were in college. You weren't. <laughs> Still, I was imagining you being like seven. <laughs> I was real smart. Um, and just like kind of really. I think that project was kind of like the first thing that really connected me to like Mm. astronomy and astrology was like actually tracking and seeing how the moon literally moves throughout the night and every night is different. Um, And just seeing that and kind of like making it makes you feel really small Mm because you're like, you are. Yeah. Yeah. and just wanting to get to know more about it. And so um, the cosmic or celestial path, you're really going to follow the alignment of the planets. You're going to coordinate your craft according to the movements of the sun, the moon, the stars, the planets. You might um, really heavily focus on uh, your birth star chart or like planetary alignment. Um, you might be really well versed in your astrological sign, mm-hmm. the signs of others. You might really work that into your practice um, with tarot mm-hmm. or um, whatever your divination you might use. So there are branches that you can specifically follow or you can follow them all. So uh, you can focus on stellar stars, um, astrology, (laughs) uh, solar, lunar, or planetary, um, where you can mix them all together. Um, But there, I mean, I've met people that are very planet focused. I've met people that are very moon focused, like James and I. Mm. Um, And I've met people who are very sun focused. And it's just really, again, it's just what you personally connect to, what you feel pulled towards. Um, so people are going to celebrate the equinoxes, the solstices and any solar or cosmic events, uh, such as, uh, meteor showers. Mm -hmm. Um, what are they called? 
when it covers each other. Eclipses. Eclipses. <laughs> <laughs> Things like that. See, we help each other. Yes. <laughs> um, both solar and lunar eclipses. If I would have turned the page, I would have uh, said that. <laughs> um, if you are really interested in working with the lunar phases, go back and listen to our moon episode. Um, yeah. It really breaks down what the phases of the moon are all about. Um, down the line, we'll do, we'll probably do something with the sun. We'll probably do something with oh, astrology yeah, for, for sure. sure. So, um, and then something else that's kind of fun about this is just learning about the mythology of the constellations, the mythology of the planets, who they were named for and why. Um, and just like kind of knowing that information kind of like helps your practice. It doesn't always necessarily need to help your practice just because, mm-hmm. again, it's who named what is based on basically power, who right. had the power to do that. Yeah. So, but just like focusing on the alignments is just really yeah. nice. And it kind of like you it's I humbling. Just, it's humbling and if you I know in my personal experience, if you align your practice towards these phases, whether it be solar, lunar, whatever, right? you feel kind of like a deeper connection. Like this is happening in the universe right now. Right. And I'm kind of like propelling myself mm-hmm. towards that and trying to make connections to that. And it feels really fulfilling and it feels really grounding, even though yes. it's literally in outer space. But <laughs> still, big no, connections. I agree because it, it makes it about something bigger than yourself. Yes. I think that helps a lot because it is humbling and it is, Mm -hmm. it's a nice reminder that like, Hey, there's like a whole entire universe out there. Oh yeah. And when you look back at the history of it all, like way, way back Druids and just ancient uh, tribes and religions all over the world, you're either going to find, you're going to find mixes of two things. You're going to find mixes of geological nature Mm -hmm. mixed with, cosmic things because they're looking at the moon and the sun and the stars and they're like I have no idea what those things are like Like, let's worship it what's happening exactly and so they're going to mix these two things together and it's the oldest of traditions oh yeah and I mean it's just so freaking cool it is really cool yeah yes next okay so I wanted to talk about hereditary witches Um, Hereditary witches are generational. So Mm -hmm. they come from a line of witches and they learn their skills from being passed down from one generation to another. So um, a lot of them are traditionally British, Mexican, Italian, you know, Uh those kinds of um, backgrounds. But it can really come from anywhere. Mm -hmm. The reason I wanted to bring it up. Well, okay, so the practices vary. Yeah, from culture to culture. Mm -hmm. But the main thing about hereditary witches is they are generational. They learn from the people before them. It's passed down. The reason I wanted to talk about hereditary witches is because sometimes you encounter people in the community who are quote unquote born witches. Yeah. And some people claim like a, a link to you know, Salem witches, they have ancestral links or, Mm -hmm. you know, they, um, they're, you you know, they talk about their, their lineage and some people, not all people, but some people can make it seem like they are special because of that. Yeah. And I think it's really, it's kind of a dangerous thing to claim because you are born into something, you are better at something. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. 
because witchcraft and uh, power and uh, you know all of this these practices are not they're not biologically inherited sometimes yeah you know absolutely it takes time and practice and determination to keep it up and to get better and to perfect your craft Mm -hmm. and just because someone is part of uh familial traditions it doesn't mean that they're superior oh yeah absolutely so i think you know it's very important to keep your heritage and to keep your traditions and to be proud of that Mm -hmm. but when it comes to the point where you are claiming that you are better Better. or Mm -hmm. special or you deserve it more because your great aunt was burned at salem Mm -hmm. i feel like that's where it crosses the line yeah it's like it reminded me um of Harry Potter. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, she got it from somewhere. It's like pure blood, mud blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like... Um, I think, again, I think it's very important to celebrate your heritage. It's very important to keep those traditions alive if that's what you want to do. But when you're using it to put other people down is where I have an issue. Yeah. And um, I haven't t- run into a ton of people, but I have run into people who have um, shied away from the community because of uh, one or two people yeah, who are, you know, claiming these mm-hmm. sorts of lineages. And even I think, cause I've, I don't really interact with people on the internet, <laughs> but I like really like to read, go into these forums and like read the comments right. and like kind yeah. of learn as we go. And even if it's not hereditary, there is some people out in these communities who are like, well, you're not doing that right. Right. Or you're not, yeah. you're not doing it the way I or, do it. So yeah. it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's just so That's dangerous people in every thing. Absolutely. But I think in this community, it's because it is so personal. It mm-hmm. is so vulnerable to say, I, I need help. I'm brand new. Or uh, maybe this is coming from somebody who is a hereditary witch. Mm-hmm. I come from a long line of women who and men who practice and I learned from them. Mm-hmm. And so but I don't claim to be better than anybody because yeah. of that. I just mm-hmm. happen to be born into these circumstances. Yeah. So I just think, you know, we just need to be nice to each other. Yeah. And help each other out. There's no harm in more women and men taking control and ownership of their power mm-hmm. and wanting to learn something new. Yeah. And asking questions is, should ne- you should never feel shamed for asking a question about something you don't know anything about. Yeah. That's how people learn. No, exactly. And I think a lot of people will use that. Well, not a lot of people. Some people will use that as a way to put people down. Oh, absolutely. Or to make themselves feel superior. Yes. And I just feel like we all need to just chill lift out. each other up. Mm-hmm. You know, like it sounds corny, but yeah, chill the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Help each other. Help each other learn. And just answer their questions. Yes. Or or leave it alone, you know? <laughs> don't, or just you don't keep have going. To respond. Yes. Uh, so I don't know. This got off track. It's but okay. <laughs> it just bothers me sometimes to see no, those yeah. things in the community. And I feel like especially I mean, we we get it we are also we also host a nerdy podcast. We do and being women in that realm in also the nerd community is, is very difficult can be difficult because a lot of yeah. uh, men not to stereotype but a lot of men 
see themselves as superior. <laughs> You're not stereotyping. No, it's yeah. Men. <laughs> like even though we are the gatekeepers, we grew up watching the same exact movies and TV shows, but somehow you think you're better. They're men. They absorb it. They absorb it more. We they have bigger brains. Yeah. That's we just science. It's just science. <laughs> so I'm sure it comes from that too, but it's just, it, it frankly pisses me off to see yeah. that stuff. So just be cool guys. Yeah. Just be cool with each other, help each other out answer the questions if you have questions ask even if you want to ask us we don't know everything but we're willing to try and to help and if it's wrong then we'll learn that it's wrong together yes and uh yeah so that's hereditary (laughs) it's okay um i'm gonna take that as kind of a segue okay so i actually went to salem um I went to Salem in March of 2019, and um, it was a wonderful experience. Oh, I bet. I'm dying Um, to go. Salem is, if you ever have the opportunity, if you need somewhere to travel, go to Boston. Yeah. It will not disappoint. I'm going to go. We should go together. We should. So, but one of the things I wanted to talk about just really quickly is there's the Salem Witch Museum, Mm -hmm. and it is the, this gorgeous renovated church. And it's right in, um, right by kind of like the town center where there's like a park. Um, I think they shot a little bit of Hocus Pocus right there. Uh, and, um, it's beautiful, but the thing with this museum that caught us off guard in a good way is that you go in thinking that you're going to learn the history of the Salem witch trials. Mm -hmm. You kind of do. But that's only half of it. Okay. So they have this like really cool like animatronic think like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean ride okay. like literally like animatronic robots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Where they like take you step by step through the trials and like what happened and you're like if you know the history you know it's just like a bunch of bullshit and like right. men and bored women right um, men and pick me ass bitches yeah. who were like me too yeah. I'm, I'm i'm with you gonna do this and they just escalated and yeah so Ugh. the other half of the museum though is talking about kind of like different ways of the craft oh they, and then um it's really a kind of like enlightening experience and like okay what is modern witchcraft and where did it come from oh and it kind of like really highlights all of that for you and it has these like little kind of like it's a walking tour someone walks you through it oh cool and they give you a spiel about what is like the craft to people like what is paganism what is witchcraft Uh and like what it really means and Mm -hmm. um i think they talk about like the hearth and they talk about nature and they show you kind of like hate how they dried plants and like all these crazy things and i'm like how did this happen this is like the best thing and i got like (laughs) super excited about it (laughs) because they they're basically like making you aware well they're like breaking down the stereotypes absolutely and i was like this is not what i thought this was gonna be and i am so excited because it was not what i thought it was gonna be that's really cool so because i think a lot of people think Mm -hmm. well even if these women were witches yeah which a lot of them weren't most of them weren't most of them were not that 
uh, witchcraft, paganism, whatever you may call it, gets a really bad rap. Well, yeah. And people think like you're worshiping the devil and, you know, you're sacrificing children and cats and, you know, like you're, you're evil. And maybe some people are. Yeah. Because some people are evil. Yeah. But for the most part, it's just like. It's not everybody. Cooking with herbs and growing plants. And making and like healing balms. Staring and, at the moon. Yeah. And like. <laughs> I, I think it's really cool that they're obviously the people who go to that museum have some interest, whether yeah. historically or in witchcraft itself. Uh-huh. So it's really cool to see them break that down. Oh, absolutely. And be so like, awesome. hey, guess what? Like, yeah. it's not that big a deal. It's not. No. Yeah. Um, it was really awesome. It was super. I really want to go. It was gorgeous. Yeah. Salem. If you can make it. Oh my gosh. We went in March and it was really cold. But um, (laughs) I just, I can't wait to go back. I don't know when I'm going to be able to go back. Yeah. I wouldn't go during Halloween time. No. It's a madhouse. Yeah. It's probably ridiculous. Maybe like September. Yeah. I don't know. I brought you we'll something back from, There was a... Um, you brought me sage. Oh, I brought you sage. And you brought me... Might have gotten you... A crystal, I think. I think that's where I got... <laughs> remember we were talking about crystals and I couldn't remember where I got that really cool purple amethyst. Mm-hmm. A purple amethyst. But um, <laughs> I think I got it there. Oh, maybe. I, I think, think you so. got me a rose quartz from there. I think so. Because like I really big got one. myself... Oh, that's where I got my really big rose quartz. Yeah, I and think I you got, got me my, Oh, I can't remember, but I got a couple things from there because it's a really, they have a couple stores, but this, the one in particular that we were just able to walk to from our hotel, I mean, Salem is tiny, yeah. So, but, um, and they have the house, the, um, Pocus Pocus house. Oh, cool. Yeah. The kids' house. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we went over there too, but it's privately owned and I don't think they appreciate oh, people going over like, there. Hello, knock, knock. <laughs> but something that they don't show with that house is right on the water. It's literally oh. on the water. It's gorgeous. That's cool. So, anyways. I don't have anything else, I don't think. No, I think that about covers it. But it's just, um, for any path you choose, follow what makes you happy. Follow what makes you comfortable. I know it sounds kind of silly, but do your research. Like, really look into these things because there might be parts of it that you don't like. There might be parts that mm-hmm. you really like. And again, that's like the beautiful part of being kind of like eclectic is you can pick and choose. Yeah. Um, and people of every religion pick and choose what they want to do. Oh, yes, they do. And it's it's fine. Just like do your thing. Don't worry about what other people say. Just as you're not, as long as you're not hurting anybody or yeah. you're hurting yourself, you know, just do what you what feels good to you yes i think for myself personally i'm definitely like a thousand percent on the eclectic path for sure um i i think in that eclectic path i really follow kind of like the traditional sabbat and then Mm. i'm really heavy into celestial uh cosmic um i really love the wheel of the year in a couple episodes i'm gonna uh we're gonna talk about the wheel of the year um and just following the lunar cycle mm-hmm. is like my jam. Yeah, for sure. I'm mm-hmm. definitely an eclectic, um, mostly solitary. Oh yeah. Um, I follow the faces of the moon. Um, yeah, I think I just, I'm very eclectic about it because I just, you just, I, sometimes I don't have time and there are, there are even mm-hmm. days or weeks where I don't even practice. Yeah, absolutely. Because stuff just get, life just gets in the way. Mm-hmm. So 
don't feel bad about that either no yeah it's fine you just you do what you can when you can Mm -hmm. for yourself or for others and you know just have fun with it i have really high hopes of like i said before really kind of getting into like kitchen or green work you should i Um, could definitely see you being a kitchen witch for sure James got me the um, Green Witch book. It's really popular. You probably know what I'm talking about. I Um, could see that for you too. So I'm really excited about that. But I think I think all around my uh, in my personality in my life, I'm very eclectic. I don't think. Oh yeah. I could like sit and concentrate enough to like follow one set of guidelines <laughs> no and that's so it, what's great the There's, eclectic thing really yeah. really works for me and i think it and i'm very happy with it i mean i don't know if this is a bold statement but i'm pretty confident that like a lot of people who practice are more lean towards the eclectic oh i'm sure just because in this time there's so you get to pick and choose yeah Yeah. because i mean a kitchen which might not use crystals as much as maybe someone who's more like uh the green witch more like nature focused so just depends on what you want to do you yeah just have fun just don't take it so seriously no i mean take it as seriously as you want yeah try different things see what works for you something doesn't work that's fine move on yeah yeah have fun Yes. Um, did we have anything we wanted to talk about at the end? No. Next week um, is exciting. We're starting our cryptid series next week. <gasps> We're getting into cryptids because yes. I fucking love cryptids. We both do. <laughs> we both do. And um, I think it's just super fun. Yes. So we are going to start with a couple of, uh, I guess, uh, Mexican mainly because I, they... I'm focusing on the Mexican tradition of it, mm-hmm. um, of uh, La Llorona and El Cucuy. It's so exciting. Cucuy. And just kind of like intertwining, learning about practice. Mm-hmm. Everything originates from folklore and legend. Absolutely. And practices and traditions get passed down verbally. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these cryptids, some have even been incorporated into different practices, Native uh-huh. American practices, yes. South American practices, um, folklore, uh-huh. uh, Appalachian practice. Iberian. And yeah. so just kind of like, just a fun yeah, branch it's just out. fun. Yeah. So look and forward to that. I mean, I know a lot of people don't, but I believe in a lot of these things. Oh, uh, yeah. So we're just going to find out where they come from. And maybe eventually we can like start talking to people who have seen these things. If you've ever so like cool. seen any of these things. Yes. That would be if really you cool. have experience with any kind of cryptid, let us know. That would be really cool. Sit at gmail.com. Or DM Please. us at yes. Sit for a Spell Pod on Instagram. Follow us. Tell your friends. Uh, listen. Do all the things. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, Thanks for hanging out with us. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sit for a Spell. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on all social media at Sit for a Spell pod. If you have anything you would like us to discuss or want to share your own practices, please email us at sitforaspellpod at gmail.com. Until next time, blessed be. be.